0: good morning everybody thank you so much again for being here uh you never know what you're going to get when you show up and kick it in the living room in the bedroom in the bathroom in the kitchen at the table, wherever you are, we're just honored that you're here. You never know what you're going to get. Sometimes you're going to be on a couch. Sometimes you're going to be standing up and teaching. Sometimes you just never know. So just stay tuned and let's see what God's going to do. But boy, do I have a word for you today. Listen, I'm telling you, wherever you are, uh, I want you to make sure you're zoomed in, dialed in and focused because God's got a word for you today that I do not want you to miss. This will not just help you. It will help anybody attached to you. So if you've if you got single people in your life, it's going to help you. Married people, it's going to help you because all of us go through what we're going to talk about today. Half of America is going through it right now as we speak. And every person, every human being goes through this at some point in their life. Even Jesus Christ himself went through this. And so every human being will. Will you allow me to pray? And then let's get started on today. Heavenly Father, what a joy and what an honor it is to be able to break open the bread of life. Will you feed us today? Wherever we're sitting, wherever we're standing, wherever we're chilling, will you simply feed our souls today? The enemy has been spewing some lies, and we want to expose them today, and we want to give people life today. Every person uh, that's sitting and listening to this, will you give evil? each one of us life and the tools so that we can walk in what you have blessed us with we pray this in Jesus' name and everybody said Amen and amen. Well, we're in this series, y'all, that we're starting. We started it before, and then COVID-19 hit, and then we had to pause it to deal with some relevant issues in the moment, and now we're going back to it, but this time with a little different twist. So we're calling it The Struggle is Real, Can I Get a Witness? But now we're talking about uh, quarantine edition. Now we've, we've been sheltered in place, and so how do we deal with the issues that show up when you're sheltered in place. That's what we want to talk about. We decided to do it with movies because we thought there's some movies that really tell the story of how we're feeling today. So here we go. The first one we teen up is this old movie called Home Alone. You remember the story, don't you? It's with, uh, it's with Kevin. And if you know Kevin, he is um, he's kind of a troubled child and he gets blamed for everything. His parents blame him for everything everything. And so because of that, one day he decides he'd go up in the attic to kind of get away, and as he's up there, he makes a wish. He makes a wish that, um, that, that somehow his, his parents would be gone, and everybody would be gone. And wouldn't you know it, they're planning this trip. Everybody's bustling and hustling to get to the airport. At the same time, he's wishing that upstairs in the attic. They get to the airport. They got there on time, thought they missed a flight. They didn't. Everybody gets on the plane. The plane is taken off, and then there's and, hey, did we miss anything? Did we leave anything? And all of a sudden, friends are like, ah! And they, they miss Kevin. They forgot him. Kevin, on the other hand, fascinating story, is thinking, oh, my gosh, my dream come true. I am home alone. And at first, it starts out, and he's, excited. he's eating whatever he wants to eat. He is having the time of his life. And then all of a sudden, he gets really sad. That's kind of how you feel, don't you? you, you, you you're all excited uh, a couple weeks into it. Oh, my gosh. Uh, we're in this quarantine time, shelter in place, and you got all excited, didn't you? You're like, oh, freedom. I can work from home. I've been wanting to do this my whole life. Now they make it praise the Lord. You've been talking about, I'm grabbing my blessing. You're excited about the whole deal. You didn't have to go through traffic. No, no traffic. Oh, I'm so excited. Then they dropped on you that you got to now homeschool your kids. you would be like, whoa, 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 whoa. So, yeah, that took you a little time to get. Used to, but still you're happy because you know what? I knew those educators didn't know what they were doing. Let me teach my own kid. And you started, and you thought you were the best at it, right? And then week one passed. Okay, 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 you're happy. Week two come, you be like, Whoa, 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 whoa. No, I need a break. Week three. Now you start being okay. Now are, y- are y'all gonna open this thing back up because this is killing me. That's how you're feeling, right? And then last week they said school canceled <laughs> for the rest for the the rest of the semester, and you would be like, no, uh-uh, no, 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 no. And all of a sudden now, what started out for some as joy now is, is, is getting a little terrifying because now you have to live with this season for a little while longer. And the, the, the number one issue that most people deal with during this kind of shelter in place is the issue of loneliness home alone. So I want to deal with this issue called loneliness. loneliness. How do we deal with it? Uh, uh, maybe you're a leader. And your company has just asked you to, to lay off some people. Come on, leaders, you know how this is. Now, you have to be the one that goes and tell all these families, a third of the staff, gone, furloughed, or just removed completely. And you have to be the one that tells them that. There's never a lonely, there is, there's not a more lonely place than that. Well, you now have to go to every one of these families and tell them, hey, man, sorry, but yeah, well, hey, what, what were you currently working on? And then here you go, you got to go, sorry. Because leaders always make tough decisions. And every time we make it, it's, 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 it's a part you, you feel, lonely, you feel disconnected, you feel as if nobody cares. Uh, maybe you're a single mom. And you're at home and, and what you're doing is you're watching everybody else and you're watching their feeds on social media and you're saying, man, it would be so much easier if there was somebody else here. And you're wondering, when is it going to be my time? And as the kids go to bed and you go and you put your head on your pillow, you're just saying, God, really? Is it again me alone another night? Maybe, 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 <laughs> maybe, maybe you are married. And you you go to bed last night, and 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 you're lying down there. And listen, come here, come here, come here, come here. And you have never felt lonelier, even when you were single, you didn't feel as lonely as you do now. And yet still, you've got to live with this, with this, with this emotion called loneliness. Ah, 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 ah. Did you know that after 21 years old, most men, most men, never make another friend. After 21 years old. That's why most men suffer with loneliness. No, they're not going to broadcast it, but they suffer with it because they feel there's nobody there for them to talk to. And so therefore, they, they struggle with the plague of loneliness. Then there's the, the, the single brothers. Listen, who you suffer with loneliness more than every single woman there is, but you just don't want to admit it. You struggle with it. Listen, listen, 10 times more than the ladies do. When you're single and you're a young man and you're moving on up, you're struggling with it more. Single ladies, you too. You struggle with this thing called loneliness because you go to bed at night and you're lying down and you're like, God, please, I don't want to hear from another female. Can a brother just call me? Yet you got to deal with that too. This issue called loneliness, it plagues half of the American population. And yet still so few people deal with it. And that's why I want to tee it up and let it be the first issue we deal with. So we're going to talk about three things today. We're going to talk about what causes loneliness. Then we're going to talk about the common lies we believe. And then we're going to end with the cure for this deal. How do we how do we deal with this in a God-honoring way? So we're going to talk first about the causes, what causes it. And then we're going to talk about five lies. Then we're going to talk about the cure. So you can download the app and you can see the notes. or so just go to our website and you can click on Sermon Notes. And you can follow along as we go. Little did I know until I started this study that there's a, there's a, pericope, a passage in the in the Bible that deals with this, where one of the greatest Christians ever struggled with this thing called loneliness. And so, if, if 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 you think that people in the Bible don't struggle with it, well, you have another thing coming because one of the greatest apostles ever, the Apostle Paul, deals with it, and he's writing his young protege Timothy, and he's telling him, "Hey man, I'm lonely out here, and I need some help." So let's go to Second Timothy chapter four. Let's pick it up around about verse. And let's see what uh, Paul has to say to his young protege. Now, remember, this is Paul's last book, it is his last chapter, it is his last words. So here's a guy that's that's fought for the gospel of Jesus Christ, and now he is alone by himself, and he's struggling. He's in a cold uh, Roman jail, and he is lonely, and he is struggling. He has been hurt by people in ministry. He has been crushed. He's been rejected, and he all of that comes crushing down on him now, and we pick it up and just listen, just listen as he, as he shares with us how he's really feeling. Let's see what Paul has to say as, um, as we pick it up. Let's go, to, let's, go to, let's go to verse number nine. Let's pick it up in verse number nine. Here we go. Here's what Paul has to say. He says, make every effort to come to me soon. In other words, will you, I, I'm feeling so lonely, young Timothy. Will you hurry up and come? Winter's coming. Will you, tell, will you come and be with me? I need somebody that I know, somebody that's familiar so that they can come keep me a little bit of company. Come visit me from time to time. Why? Why? Why does he want him to come so soon? Next verse, verse 10. Here's what it says. It says this. It says, For Demas, having loved this present world has deserted me and gone to Thessalonica. In other words, the word deserted means to abandon. means I have considered, Paul, who you are, what your agenda is, and where you're going. I don't want to go there. I want to fall in love with this world, and I'm going after the things of the world. Paul had four, four boys. He had Timothy. He had Titus. He had Demas and Crescens. All four were his, like, inner circle, these young men that he is developed been to continue the gospel movement forward. And now, now uh, Demas have left him, abandoned him. Timothy, he is gone. He sent him on. Uh, Crescens, he sent him on. Titus, he sent him on. And now he is lonely by himself and he is struggling with this thing called loneliness. Just like you and I will at some time. If you're not dealing with this now, you will. I promise you, you will at some season of your life. So I need you to take some notes and get ready. And if you're not going through it now, then just, 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 just keep it on the side because you're going to know somebody who is, and you're going to need it at some point in the future. It's going to make sense. You'll see in a minute. So he says, Crescent uh, has gone to Galatia and uh, Titus to Dalmatia. Dalmatia. That's it. Dalmatia. So he says, hey man, all my boys are gone. So what do I do now? He's alone and he's struggling. So let me give you, ladies and gentlemen, Four reasons, four causes that lead us to loneliness. Now, there are causes that you don't have any control over, and then there are causes that you make yourself fall into it. I'm not dealing with the latter today. I'm only dealing with these four causes that has nothing, that has little to do with you, that come upon us very often. Here are the four, four causes. Look in your notes. There are four of them that causes us to to fall into this thing called loneliness. Here they are. Number one is when a a, a, a transition occurs. Whenever a transition occurs in your life, and most Americans move, about 25% of us move all the time. So since we do, that's transition. Whenever you go through a transition, you're going to be faced right up front with loneliness. How do you deal with it? When you're faced with this, Paul is nearing his death. He's going to be Executed by, by Nero and he's in jail. He's waiting for that time to come. He realizes that he's moving toward the end of his life. He's done ministry. It's been great. He's been, he's been the, the, the most popular evangelist for the gospel to the Gentiles. He's done more. He's led more people to Christ than anybody else. And that's what he's doing. And now he is alone all by himself. He's about to transition to this lonely season. By the way, do you know? The two people that suffer from loneliness the most, seasoned saints and teenagers right before they get to high school. Do you know that's the two top two groups that struggle with it the most? And yet still, in this shelter in place, you think they're not struggling with it now? The seniors, when nobody can come see them, do you think they're not struggling with it now? Kids who can't get to see their friends, who are stuck playing games all day long, or doing some homework, yes, but then back at the games again, you think they're not dealing with this? Yes, they are. So parents, I need you to get hold of this, because every single one of your kids are struggling with this deal. It's a big deal, okay? So transition, which is why you ought to be careful when you're going to move, when you're moving from place to place. Don't just look at money when you go make a decision. Why? Because you have to deal with this thing called loneliness. And if you don't prepare your kids for it, and if you don't prepare your spouse for it, and if you don't prepare yourself for it, then it can have a devastating effect on your life, which is why we got we to gotta teed up and talk about it on today. But transitions cause us to fall into this thing called loneliness. Number two. Separation. Any form of separation, when somebody leaves or when you have to detach from a loved one or when a divorce occurs or when uh, 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 you're moving out of town and because of that separation or you're leaving your friends at one high school and you're going to another or you're leaving one company and moving to another. All of those causes some some form of separation and because of that, we go to this thing called loneliness. All of us do. Loneliness, loneliness. Loneliness, loneliness. It's when we're, we're by ourselves and it seems as if nobody cares about us. And every thought in your mind is a negative one. And you're wondering and second guessing yourself, did I make the right decision? How do I deal with this thing called loneliness? That's what we're talking about. So separation causes for the apostle Paul. He was separated. Let's go to the next verse before we go to number three. Let's go to the next verse and see what Paul has to say. Here we go. Verse number 10, let's go to it, come on. Uh, Here we go. Paul says, Demas, having loved the world, have left me. Next verse, verse number 11. It says this, only Luke is with me. Pick up Mark and bring him with you, for he is useful to me for my service. Luke is with me, but everybody else, gone. Next one, verse number 12. Uh, tichikos, tichikos, I have sent to Ephesus. He's gone too. Next verse. Here we go. When you come, bring the cloak, which I left in Troas, with Carpus and the books, especially the parchment. Here's what he's saying. He's saying, I've been separated from some of the people I've sent on, but I've been, I have faced so much separation that I am lonely because of it. And he's struggling with this thing called loneliness. Every time you have a separation, there will be the tendency to move toward this thing called Loneliness. Next one. Here we go. Uh, so after, after transition, after separation, then comes opposition. This is when people who don't like you and who want to do harm to you. People who don't like what you say. People who don't like what you look, how you look. People who don't like the things you stand for and you face opposition. Whenever you face opposition, you're going to go, go into loneliness. And there is not a leader I know that don't face opposition. So leaders, whether you're a leader in your own home, Whether you're a leader at your job, whether you run your own company, whether you run a daycare, whatever you run. Every time you're a leader, you're going to face opposition because it's what leaders do. We tell them where we're going, and some people don't agree with it, and you're going to face opposition. Every time you do, you're a candidate for this thing called loneliness. And how you handle it matters, ladies and gentlemen. And then the last one is rejection. Rejection. When somebody rejects you and say, I don't want to have anything to do with you, that's like when somebody does, that's why God hates divorce. When somebody says to you, I don't want to spend any more time with you. I'm done with you. I'm walking away." Away from you. It's rejection. That's why God hates adultery. Whenever somebody says, um, uh, yeah, I don't like you enough. I'm going to go over here. That's what he's talking about. It's rejection. That's why when you when you do your best on your job and they turn and say they don't want you here anymore, that's rejection. That's why when a kid says to a parent, I know I should stay here, but I don't want to stay with you, that's rejection. Every time we face it, every time we go into this room called loneliness. So how do you deal with this? Well, that's, that's actually the dangerous part because if you don't cope with it well, then you're going to go to self-defeating actions. We all do this. And I want you to write down which one you do right now. Every last one of us, we do it. We, there are things that we use to cope with the feeling of loneliness. Let me show you them all. I'm going to give you a couple of them, some of them that I do too, when to cope with this thing called loneliness. Let me give you some of them. We try to mask it and we try to let people think we're not struggling with it. But all of us do at some point in our life. So here's the first one. Here's the first one. Um, We think, and all of us do this. Well, I do this one. Here's what we think. We think. Here we go. We think. Yeah. Right there, right there, right there. Work. Some of us work so hard because we don't want to face the reality that we're lonely on the inside. And so you keep working and working and working and working and working and working, working. You go home. Here's how you know. You go home and you have time for nothing else. You just go on bed. Boom, you're out because you've worked so hard. And what you're doing is you're pushing down and you're suppressing the lonely feeling that you have. And because you do it, you say to yourself, well, I've got a good reason. I'm just working hard. I'm just working hard. I'm getting stuff done. I'm producing stuff. So that gives me the good reason. No, no, no. Here's what you're doing. You don't want to deal with the deafening silence that will remind you of how lonely you are. Therefore, you work your way as much as you can until you are forced, forced to deal with it. Which is why, man, your identity sometimes, oh which is why your identity sometimes get wrapped up in your work. Which is why when they take work from you, you get depressed. Because your whole identity was in what you do. And you had no other life apart from your work. Which is why all of us have to watch it. But then that's not all. That's not all. That's, 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 that's what some people do. Here's another one. Some of you do this. Uh-huh. Now, now I'm going to let you hear me breathe now. It's materialism. Uh-huh. This is where you buy things. This is where you buy things to get happy. So you keep buying and buying and buying and buying. Here's what you think. The more I buy, the happier I'll be. You know it don't work, y'all. You know it don't work. Because the moment you buy it, it lasts for about a good two weeks. And then you need to buy something else. Because you think, if I just keep buying, then I will delude myself into thinking I'm not lonely. But really you are. You just don't know how to cope with it well. And so some of us deal with this thing called, uh-huh. Materialism and we think we're not lonely, so let's just deal with that. Here's another one. Ha ha ha. This is not a sexy one, but you do too. Come on somebody. You can't do it as much when you're at home and you can't go nowhere. But that's why the liquor store is still open. That's an essential ascend- <laughs> that's an essential (laughs) that's an essential uh community because they keep it open you know why because people need to go to this and if they can't go to it listen somebody if they can't go to it the government is terrified that we will be star crazy if we can't go to it so they leave the liquor store open so that people can hide their worries away my God, my God, my God! Is that you? Just, just write which one you are. I've only gone through three, but just in the yeah, yeah, yeah. This, this is my vice that I go to. How about you? How about you? Huh? huh? Here's another. Ooh! Here's another one. Here's another one. Hey, ooh! I can't even show you this one up front. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hey, here we go. Here we go. You mask it. Fantasies. Huh? Fantasies. Ooh this one's where you're dreaming about what you could have you know what i mean right you're dreaming you can't leave the house so you can't go to your boo thing and just and just fulfill the dream so instead listen somebody come here and listen to me listen so what we do then is we dream it up so some of us go into this fantasy you know what we do For some of you, your fantasy is just eating. So you just sit down in front of that TV and you just wish your dreams away. You say, I'm not lonely. Let me just keep eating. And you just eat and eat and eat and eat and eat and eat and eat. For some of you, it's you go in front of the TV and you go look at some of them shows that has the houses that you always wanted. And you just go, ooh, what would it be like now if I was on some Caribbean island and this was my place? And you just go and you dream about it. And you think, you think, that the more I dream about it, the more it will become a reality as opposed to realizing that, hey, you're still in DFW and so ain't no, you're not in no foreign land on no island, nowhere. You have to deal with the reality of what you got. And then, depending on where you live, you have customized this one. So you got some drugs. And depending on where you live, you're either smoking some Or you're sniffing some. But the more sophisticated, you just get them as drugs, prescription drugs that you can take over the counter. And so whether it is drugs to make you sleep because you can't sleep because you're worried about what you don't have. Or whatever it is, you just stay there. Come on, family. And you just take these medications to numb the pain. We do it all the time. Which one's yours? Hashtag. Ain't nobody judging you today. Hashtag, I got one more. Because somebody says, I don't see mine yet, pastor. I don't see mine yet. 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 I don't see. This year's yours then. I leave it for the biggest one because it's the God of our culture. Here we go. Here we go, somebody. This one right here. Ain't no noise. Ain't no deception. It's the God of sex of all its forms. You know what we do in this one? You know the person who is surviving the most in this culture? You know who making the most money? The reports tell us in this culture porn companies. You know why? Cuz when single people can't go to the club, then they got to handle business themselves. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Right. That's what they have to do. So which one is yours? Don't don't blame somebody else. Don't say, "Ooh, don't blame nobody." Ask the question, which vice do you go to? Cuz we all got one whenever we face this thing called loneliness. You see, there's a difference, ladies and gentlemen, between being alone and being lonely. Being alone, it means you intentionally go to a spot so that you can spend some time reflecting. Being alone means you intentionally get away. It's part of a spiritual discipline. We should want to get away to spend alone time with God. That's a healthy thing for us to do. It is a discipline where we must cultivate so that we desire, we crave getting to our closet and spending time with God. That is not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about you being alone which means which means there is a mismatch between the friends you have and the friends you want to have There is a disconnect between the people that you have in your life currently or don't have in your life and the people that you want to have but you perceive don't want to have a relationship with you. Now, when you go through that, that's loneliness. And what happens, listen to me, what happens over time is we start allowing our brain to then go through this self-defeating Perspective. So here's what we do. We said, nobody likes me. And then we go into these lies that we believe. And then the lies become, even though they're just feelings, they become truth because we think about them that much. Now they're truth. Here are the five lies we believe. All five of them. Most people that are lonely tell themselves this all the time. Here they are. Five of them. Number one, no one cares about me. Nobody does. Pastor, I'm the only one here. Ain't nobody care. Everybody hates me. Nobody likes me. And you start the self-defeating mindset. And you keep telling yourself this over and over and over again. Please, somebody write this down because you're going to have to help your teenager. You're going to have to help yourself out. You're going to have to help a neighbor out. You're going to have to help a coworker out. You're going to have to help your spouse out in this one. Because they start thinking, nobody cares about me. They don't tell anybody, they just start thinking like that. Come on, somebody, what else do we got? Number two, second lie we believe is no one misses me and they don't notice my absence. Nobody misses me. Nobody cares about me. It's a feeling. It's not the truth, but you have convinced yourself that it's the truth. No one misses me. Nobody cares about me. It's just me alone. Every time I go somewhere, nobody wants to be with me. Every time I take somebody, they don't text me back. And you, you sing yourself to bed, whining about the fact that nobody misses me. They didn't, they, didn't, they didn't put me on the email trip. They didn't include me in the chat. They didn't tell me or put me on the call. And because they didn't, now you think nobody misses you. And nobody even notices that you're not there. And it's a self-defeating mindset that you keep telling yourself. Number three, third lie. You believe, I believe sometimes. Here it is. What I do does not matter. Are you kidding me? Are you ki- this one drives me. Nuts. Are you kidding me? What you do don't matter? When God says he has a plan for you, one to prosper you, not to hurt you, but to, but to give you peace. And you say nothing you do matters when you know that God needs you to accomplish his purposes. But you have lied to yourself. It's a feeling that has become a lie that you now believe. That no, that what I do does not matter. The fourth one says, "This it says." Uh, the next one, some th- yeah, here we go. It's their fault. I'm lonely. Don't we love to do this, y'all? It's their fault. It's 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 the it's the ex's fault why I'm lonely. Uh, it's the kid that ran away's fault that says I'm lonely. It's it's my it's my girlfriend from the fourth grade's fault that says I'm I'm lonely. It's uh it's the dog's fault that says I'm. I'm lonely. But we blame everybody else. We we don't want to take any responsibility. We blame everybody else as to why it's their fault and not ours. And then the last one says this. It says, I don't deserve to be loved. Can you imagine how you must feel? Can you imagine how you must feel when you come to the conclusion that you don't deserve to be loved? Here's how you feel, really. Here's how you really feel. you've, You've put walls up around everybody. You don't build bridges, ladies and gentlemen. You put walls up. So one wall on this side, yep, I'm not talking to my family anymore. The other wall on this side, I'm not talking to my church family anymore. The wall up front, I'm not talking to anybody on my job anymore. And all of a sudden, you have put yourself in the proverbial prison and now you're complaining that you're all alone. When you are the one, I am the one that have erected these walls so nobody can come into us because we don't. We've asked you over and over and over again, will you please get in a community group? But because you have the walls up, you don't want to do it because you're afraid of being hurt again. And while I can empathize with your pain of the last time you are hurt, the only way you're going to get around that is to take the risk again. Because where there is love, there is always pain. Always. You don't have the to, and you don't have love without pain. It's the way it works. So your job then is not to keep the walls up. Your job is to figure out, God, how do I take these walls down so I can build some bridges so I don't feel all alone over and over and over and over again? And that's how some of you feel right now. You're shut in place. And every night you cry your way to bed because you think nobody cares. You're all alone right now. And every time you look on social media, you get more and more frustrated with the world. Why? Because you see, everybody seems to be having fun, shut in, but you are not. And now you're tempted to go to one of your vices because you're saying, well, I got to feel better. I got to feel better. So let me do something unwise and stupid to numb the pain. Aren't you tired of being locked in jail the jail of your own thoughts, aren't you? Then let's see what God has to say, because clearly he gives us five things that you need to do if you want to get out of this, 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 this thing called loneliness and move toward health. So let's check it out, and let's see what he has to say to us on today. Come on, somebody. Come on. Come on. Come on. He has five things to say. All of which are found in the same passage of scripture that Paul has suggested for us. So let's see if we can walk down these and see what he has to say to us today. First of all, he says, the way I want you to deal with this is I want you to get busy. Say, get busy, get busy, get busy, get busy, get busy, get busy, get busy. Paul says, I want you to get busy. Now, the, what Paul's really suggesting is, if you don't get busy, which in the, in, the, in, the, in the notes, put the word mentally. You have to deal with this mentally. first. This is so important. Whatever you're doing, stop it. Put the coffee down. Put the juice down. Get off of the bathroom. Come listen to them next five things I'm going to tell you. Because you're going to help somebody and you're going to help yourself solve this issue called loneliness. Number one, he says, get busy. You know what he told um, his young protege Timothy? He says, hey, Tim, I want you to go get my cloak. And I want you to go get the parchments and I want you to go get the books. I want you to get three things because mentally, Paul knows, if I don't deal with it mentally, then I'm going to keep thinking about myself and what I don't have. Paul says, that's not what I want you to do. I want you to get busy. So Paul says, bring the cloak. Why the cloak? Because he knows he's in a stone jail and it's getting and moving toward winter. And he did not want his mind only thinking about his desire to be warm. So he said, bring that cloak so I can deal with the issue of me being comfortable and not cold and freezing so that I can keep my mind intact. Number two, he says, bring the books. Why? Because I need to read some. I can't just be thinking about how lonely I am and woe is me for being in this jail this long. He's saying I need to get my mind and filled it with some things that are beneficial to my own development. And then number three, he says, I bring the scrolls. God, I need to write something down so that I can be encouraging somebody else. I wonder what it is that God has placed in of you. I wonder the creativity that he's placed inside of you, that he wants to come out of you. Remember we said, three weeks ago we said, don't come out of this the way you went into this. He says to you and he says to me, he need He has placed some creative things inside of you and this is the season for you to get that out and start working on it. Quit watching everybody else create when you ain't creating. It's time for you to create now. It's your season. He has allowed you the privilege of being, of being sheltered in place. Now he says, get that thing that he has placed in you out of you. Quit whining about what you don't have and realize the great things you have inside of you that he wants to get out of you. He has given you the gifts, the abilities, the talent, the creativity, and what he wants is for you now to say, "God, thank you for the gifts. Now let me start writing that book that has always been inside of me. I got a story to tell that somebody needs to hear. Let me start writing that so somebody else can get blessed." Quit moaning about what you don't have and start letting the stuff that God has done inside of you come out of you. Can I get a witness? Somebody in this place, he says, get busy, get busy, get busy, because this is your season. When this is over, ladies and gentlemen, you're going back to the nine to five. You're going back to all the stuff you used to do. When everything is a rat race, in this season that he has blessed you with, get that thing, that dream that you've always wanted to do. Now start cultivating. You don't have to take it public yet, but just start working on the stuff. Plant the seeds right now that you will reap later on, a year from now. But get to work and do the things that you could not do when everything is back to normal. Here we go. That's number one. That's all. He's dealing mentally first. But he doesn't stop there. If you're going to move away from this thing called loneliness and cure it, you got to get busy mentally and not let your brain only think about you. Number two. He continues. Number two. Ooh, this is good. This is good for me. This is good for my own soul. Here's what he says next. Not only does he want you to get busy, but number two, he wants you to get healed. So he says he wants you to get healed. Follow the verses along. He says, he says um, I, the reason you got here is because somebody hurt you. So he says somebody done hurt you. So in light of that, I want you now to realize that since somebody hurt you, I don't want you to keep that with you. I want you to release them. Here's what Paul says. He says this. He says that my first defense, ooh, no one supported me, but all deserted me. This is the greatest apostle ever. And everybody deserted him. Can you imagine going, going before the, the Roman emperor and, and they're asking you, okay, what, what's, what's the crime? And not one person? You had as a witness to say, I like him. He's a good man. He made me know Jesus. Nobody, everybody deserted Paul. That's why he's alone. And that's why he's saying, man, they rejected me. Paul could have easily said, I hate all of y'all. He could have easily said, uh-huh, okay. That's how you're going to treat me? Well, I'm going to treat you the same way. That's not what he did. Here's what he says. Watch the text now. Watch it. Watch it. Watch, watch, watch. May it not be counted against them. What? That's not what I would have said. I would have to be walking in the spirit for me to be that. People heard Paul and Paul said, God, I'm releasing them. Here's why. He has to deal emotionally with the heart now. He dealt with the head. Now he has to deal with the heart. Because here's the worst thing you can do. The worst thing you can do is be in jail, mental jail, and all you 're thinking about all day long is what somebody else doing and how they hurt you and why they hurt you, and how you want to get back at them. All you want to do listen to me you will you will follow them on every social media outlet to see what they 're doing, and when they 're having fun you 're seething on the inside all because you don 't want to release them. Paul says if you 're going to get rid of this thing called loneliness, not only do you have to deal with it mentally, now you have to deal with it emotionally and with your heart, which means you have to release the people that have hurt you. Jada and I made a commitment early on in ministry. We made a commitment. We said, we will not allow, this is my, my, my spiritual father him with this. He said, we will not allow the, ne- the last person that hurt us to influence how we treat the next person coming in. And I promise you it has saved our lives because we said, no matter who hurts us, we're not going to treat the next person based on how the last person hurt us because we're going to treat everybody like God treated us with grace and mercy. Ladies and gentlemen, it's the only way you're going to keep doing what you're doing. You cannot walk around with a string of people that you have written off and said you would have, now you hate their guts and you'll have nothing to do with it. And you wish that all of them go to hell. Can you say that in church? I just did that. You wish all of them go to hell. You can't do that because if you do, that's not how God treated you, which is why you can't treat them like that. So he says, make sure mentally you're good. Then make sure emotionally in your heart, you're not carrying bitterness. You're not carrying hatred in your heart. You're not carrying resentment in your heart. That's what he says. And if you're going to do that, he says, then you can start, instead of building walls, you can start building bridges. Number three, let's get through it. Watch number three now. Number three is verse number 17. If I were you, I would put an asterisk beside verse number 17 because this is a profound verse. Don't miss it. Watch the text. I could preach this verse for a whole 60 minutes. Come here. Come here. Verse 17. Watch the text. Do not every word in this, every word matters. Woo. He says, but the Lord stood with me. Stop right there. He said, but the Lord stood with me. Now, the word is, number three, is get focused. Get focused, get focused, get focused, get focused. get focused, Because oftentimes, when you're in the prison of your thoughts, thinking you're lonely, here's the good news. When you're in the prison of your thoughts, God says, the text says, that the Lord stood with me. That means, while you're here, if you know what you're focusing on, then you will know that God is right here with you. The problem is, you have to deal with this thing spiritually, which means you have to realize that when you're in the midst of your loneliness, that is when God stands waiting for you to trust him in the middle of the situation. Now, let me help you out. Let me help you out. Let me help you out. He uses a fascinating word here when he said, he stood with me. He stood with me. It's a word that has the prefix para, para, P-A-R-A. That's the word from which we get that word. Now you know what a para is, don't you? You know what a parasol is. A parasol comes to aid you and helps you when the sun is beating down on your head. The parasol protects you from the sun. You know what a para is, don't you? You know what a parasailing is, don't you? You're in the air and the parasail helps you stay afloat and enjoy yourself while you're enjoying it because the parasail is there to help you stay in the air. You know what a parachute is, don't you? a parachute is you're in the air and you're coming down and without it you would come to a crash Lord have mercy but when you have the parachute what would have been your definite death now you can enjoy the view while the parachute helps you come down and Lord have mercy you know what the paramedics are don't you when your life is on life support the paramedics come to your aid to help you go through the situation that you'll find yourself in God says here's what I am I'm going to send the paraclete that is the whole goes his job is to come alongside you and help you go through the difficulties of your life don't let me preach up in here up in here god says i am standing right beside you in the midst of your loneliness and whatever you're going through all you have to do is focus look around i'm right there but i'm not going to do nothing until you ask me to help your assignment then is you must say god here i am help me to tear these walls down so we can build bridges as we go forth you got to deal with it mentally you got to deal with it emotionally you got to deal with it spiritually number four watch this now and these are in order you got to deal with it spiritually then you got to deal with it missionally watch this watch the text watch the rest of the text he stood with me and strengthened me why why is he doing it not for you here why is he doing it? so that through me the proclamation might be fully accomplished. What does God care about? The gospel of Jesus Christ going to every inch and every part of this world. So you, because you and I have a tendency to be so self-focused and not other focused no wonder we get into problems with loneliness. But God says, if you make the gospel and its proclamation your priority, then all of a sudden you're not thinking about yourself. You're thinking about God's message going to every part of the world, which is why he left you here and didn't take you up into heaven heaven in the first place anyways what does he say and that all the gentiles might hear and i was rescued out of the lion's mouth what is he saying that the god of this world not only rescued him but he rescued him so that he can proclaim the good news to everybody else my question for you is who is better off because of your life my, my my question for you is who has heard the gospel and how God took you out of a lonely pit and brought you on the mainland so you can tell everybody about Jesus Christ. The problem sometimes is that we get into these into these ruts and we stay there because we are so self-consuming. That we don't think about anybody else. God says the reason I left here is to, for you to proclaim the gospel. The more you proclaim the gospel, then listen, listen, listen. Then is the more you stop thinking about you and what you don't have, and you think about others and their need for the gospel of Jesus Christ. I wish somebody in here understood what I'm saying. Here we go. Last one. Then I'm done. I'm almost done with you. I'm almost done with you. I said get busy. Then I said get get uh, get healing. Then I said get focus. The last, the fourth one was get humble. And now we're going to go to the last one, which is Get Connected. So let's say it one more time. Here's what we said. We said, if you're going to deal with this, if you're going to cope with this, if you're going to move to victory in the issue and in the area of loneliness, you got to get busy. He's placed some things in you. It's time for it to come out. You've got to get healed. Release those people that you want to still clog your mind. He says, get focused. Remember, he's there waiting to come to your aid. Then he says, get humble. Don't keep focusing on you. Focus on the spread of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Last one. Don't miss this one. Then he says, get connected. He says, get connected. He says, "Get connected." Let me tell you. Let me tell you the danger of this thing called um, loneliness. See, loneliness is where you feel. What? No, getting connected is where you feel that somebody sees you, they hear you, and they value you. That's when you're connected. When you're connected, when true connection happens, ladies and gentlemen, it is when somebody sees you, somebody hears you, and somebody uh, values you. See, there are too many people that are not connected. See, there are too many people that are not connected. So, so you're, you're like this by yourself, and you're thinking, "I'm lonely. It's all about me." And God says, "No, no, no. I want, I want you, I want you to to know that I see you." God says, "I hear you, and then I." value you. That's what God says. So if you want, whatever you want, you ought to give it. So if you want to be seen, heard, and valued, then you ought to now take the initiative and tell somebody else, I see you, I hear you, and I value you. See, the Bible says give, and the thing you give will be given back to you. So when you're lonely, you're only thinking about you. Which is why you have to get into the giving spirit. Whatever you want, that means you have to get up right now and text somebody, and say, I see you, I hear you, and I value you. And you have to text the person that you didn't even like, and say, I see you, I hear you, and I value you. Your assignment it is, that you ought to say to yourself, self, I'm not going to moan anymore. I'm going to get up and I'm going to be empathetic to other people just like I want them to be empathetic to me. I am going to begin the process of encouraging other people just as I want them to encourage me. But I'm not going to wait for them to do it. I'm going to say, God, I'm going to encourage 15 people a day. And I'm going to bless 15 people a day. And I'm going to connect. Here we go. Connect with 15 people a day. And then I'm going to connect with some other people. And I'm going to send them text messages every single day to bless them and bless... Ask God to bless them and be who he's called them to be. Your job then is not to sit in the cell, but to now start building bridges where you start blessing other people. Every day you ought to send a message. Every day you ought to write a little note and send it to somebody. Every day you ought to send an email to somebody else. Every day you ought to send a picture to somebody else and tell them, hey man, I just want you to know I saw this picture and it ministered to me. I hope it ministered to you too. Ladies and gentlemen, the only way we're going to get there, the only way. Is if we realize that God, the God of this world, says, I value you. I see you. Listen, I value you. I see you, and I hear you. Um, um, one, of the things, one of the things I, 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 get, I get, I got uh, uh, my car, I uh, got uh, broken down one time on the freeway. On the freeway, it got broken down. And I'm driving and it got broken down. A couple of church members passed me, and I forgave them. I, I released them, but it's okay. And um, I called somebody and said, hey, man, Um, um. Um, can you call a tow truck for me? Can you call a tow truck? Say, okay, okay, okay. They called, they told me $300. I said, there's no way I'm paying $300. I leave this car right here. I'm not paying no $300 for no tow truck to come get me. I said, do y'all have AAA? I need somebody to use their stuff to come get me so that I can be okay. They said, no, 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 no. no we can't do that. And then I called one other person and when I was getting frustrated and they said, hey, did you, did you know that on your license, there's a number that you can call? And on that license, if you call that number, they'll come pick you up and take you to the closest place for free. Did you know that? Did you know that? You mean to tell me you had this license with you all the time. And you never know, you did not know that you could access, you had to access the power right there all the time, but you never used it? Are you kidding me? You would have taken it on on your own, paid your own money, take up your own expense to take your car to the place you wanted to be when you had somebody else who had paid the price already, who had set you free to where you want to go. Ladies and gentlemen, let me remind you something. Listen to me today. Listen, listen, listen. Your God, Jesus Christ, has already paid the price. He didn't pay the price for you to be in jail. He didn't pay the price for you to be lonely and mentally caught up in your own place. He paid the price so that you could be set free, so that you could have life and have it more abundantly. And you still walk it in loneliness when you have access to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, when the Holy Spirit wants to simply enlighten and empower you to go be a blessing to everybody else. Well, I'm here today to tell you, you can walk in that freedom and you can walk in abundant life if you have a relationship with Jesus christ if you don't have a relationship with him then today's the day when you need to have a relationship with him if you're here today and you are alone or you're feeling lonely then we have prayer for you we have a community group for you and we have counseling for you but you do not stay there and say i'm not going to do anything i'm going to keep these walls up it's time to let those walls down and turn them into bridges so that somebody else can be a blessing as you look in, the, in your chat right now, all I want you to write down is, all right, there's a next step, little form. I want you to just click it and say, hey, what's your next step? Come on, family, you cannot do this. I am on a mission to make sure nobody in this season of shelter in place walks alone. And as a shepherd, I am ble- I am pleading with you. I really am, that you no longer stay in the mess that you find yourself in. He has created community for you. He has created you for community. So. Will you respond to that today? And say, I will not walk alone anymore. Will you say that? Hashtag, no one walks alone. Hashtag no single walks alone. Hashtag no student walk alone. Hashtag no couple walks alone. Hashtag no seasoned saint walks alone. Hashtag no kid walks alone. Enemy, you thought you could isolate us and then devour us in the name of Jesus. I cancel that out and every person under the sound of my voice, you will live in community and you will enjoy the fullness of what God desires for you. In the name of of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. Father, I pray blessing over every household. I pray the exposure of every lie from the enemy and that you will fill every household with the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Lead them, bless them, and may more people get connected today than has ever been connected before because we've exposed the lie of the enemy and he now has to run up out of every house that is seeing this this, uh, telecast We pray this in the matchless name of Jesus. Everybody said amen and amen. Come on, somebody. Put your hands together for God right now. Come on. Come on.